and welcome to a new episode of PR360, and I'm your host, Brett Deister, and if you could please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon. We are recently on Amazon as well, so you can listen to it through Amazon too. Plus, leave a review because it always helps and like to know, or we like to know, how well we're doing with this as well. But this week, I have Tara Condon with me, and she is a person that you should know about the telecom industry and maybe some nefarious things that go on to help thwart that. But she is part of a go-to market strategy for iConnective, and she's also been in the industry for more than 30 years. So we've got a really good guest for you if you love tech and if you love the telecoms and if you love chatbots, text, voice, all that other fun stuff. She's the one that will give us the inside scoop and what's going on with that industry. So welcome to the show, Tara. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And my first question I ask all my guests, are you a coffee or tea drinker? I'm a coffee drinker because I am from New Jersey. Mm. So what's your favorite coffee in New Jersey? Anything that comes out of my Keurig, I'm in it for efficiency. That's fair. I call it the work. What about you? Oh, I call it the work coffee, basically. So Keurig is called the work coffee because I actually used to be a barista, too. So during the weekends, I might actually do a pour over instead because there's different ways to brew it. And so different ways to brew it means you can do different things with it as well. So my favorite is usually the foofy ones, So like Blue Bottle, Portola, Stumptown, those types of ones. But I don't mind doing the Keurig as well because it's just, a, like you said, very efficient to get your coffee really quick. You've already dazzled me because you're using fancy terms like pour over. So I think you've out coffee me. Well done, sir. Well done. Yes. And for all of you and you, you should actually try some coffee that actually has bourbon in it. So there are some coffees is roasted or actually is in bourbon barrels. So a lot of them are actually pretty good. So you try out some of those as well. Actually, when I went to Maker's Mark in Kentucky, they actually had their own like coffee with bourbon infused and that was really good so that's why i always recommend trying that out but anyways we're going way off track because i could probably talk about coffee for hours but for those that haven't actually listened to our first episode because we actually had somebody from your company actually do the first episode with us can you tell us what a little bit about your company is all about absolutely so iConnective has been an authoritative partner to the telecommunications industry for three decades And so we work with enterprises and aggregators and content providers and government and regulators to solve the common challenges that they might face with communications uh, that kind of touch on areas like operations, uh, consumer engagement, and trust, the big topic of the day. Mm, Yes, trust. Seems like one of those things where everybody wants it and nobody can find it sometimes. And trust, especially with everything that's been going on, who's to trust, who's not to trust. Seems like all that stuff is people are just like, who do we trust? Especially for video calls or even voice calls as well and text. So personally, I've gotten a lot of annoying texts, especially now <laughs> leading up to the election. I'm like, I don't want any more of these calls anymore. Stop texting me things I don't care about. Stop it. So they're really annoying to people like me and probably regular people as well. So how do you know or how do you get trust in those pre-recorded phone calls when we get so many of them and we know that maybe they're not actually good 
Yeah. So it used to just be you would get random calls that would bother you at the at the dinner table, but now it is more expansive than that because your your phone's ringing and dinging and you're getting messages from folks that you might not recognize. So at the end of the day, consumers need to be able to recognize who is on the other end of that phone call or that text or that chat. And that is really hard to do when phone numbers are spooked. So that means basically what you're seeing on your caller ID is not actually where that call is coming from. So what we have to understand is, so that's the challenge with consumers, is that you really just don't know who's on the other end of that line. But the thing to understand about robocalls is that robocalls are not inherently bad. So for example, if my pharmacy is calling me up and leaving a message or trying to reach me and tell me that my prescription is ready, I want that call. But it's difficult to make those assessments in your consumer when you just don't know who's on the other end of that line. Mm-hmm. Yes, we don't really know. I know that Google and Apple and the telecoms are actually trying to do something about it. And I think government is trying to help. So how can those businesses plus government rebuild that trust? Because I mean, I have an app called Burner, which basically allows me to make spoof phone numbers as well. So how do we rebuild that trust as PR pros and marketers or even on the government side too? Yeah, so kind of going to what you were saying before is that trust is something that everybody wants, but it can be hard to do. So, so here are kind of some of the things going on. So from a government perspective is that there's a lot of interesting legislative stuff going on. So one of the big things was the TRACE Act, which stands for Telephone Robocall Abuse Criminal Enforcement and Deterrence Act. So that's a mouthful. So it's the TRACE Act. And what that does is it puts some kind of legislative teeth and penalties around doing nefarious things on phone calls. So that's what's kind of going on from a legislative perspective. From a telecom industry perspective, is that the way that robocalls are being addressed is by a framework called Shake and Stir or Stir Shaken. So delicious, yum, yum, cheers. And what that is, is it's a set of token-based authentication so that service providers, phone companies, can make sure that the phone calls going through are from the people that say that they're making them. So it kind of, it matches that elusive where the actual number is coming from to what's in the caller ID. So that gives consumers a lot more confidence about picking up the phone. And lastly, you mentioned businesses. So businesses can use solutions like TrueReach Intel from iConnective. And what it does is it verifies that they are who they say they are. So all of these things together really help to make the make phones and text and chatbots and other things a lot more trusted for the consumer. Mm-hmm. And what, what would you say to those that the phone makers actually, how can they help? do this as well, because we all have our smartphones. How can they message to their customers that, hey, we have this type of technology to help you out so you don't pick up that phone call you don't want to hear that's from actual China. It's a 714 number or something like that. I've had that a couple of times where I'm like, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't speak your language. But how about that? Or like for another example, for me, I get these like sales on weed and I don't smoke pot at all. And I'm like, what? can can you stop like and i get these constantly like they're like three or four different numbers and i keep on blocking them but blocking them doesn't work so how can let's say phone makers pr pros in that way say hey we're gonna help you guys as well so you don't get as many annoying stuff or at least limit it so the phone manufacturers and kind of ecosystem participants like um, Google and the Android phone and Apple and iPhone, they're being more adherent to standards of conduct. 
particularly Google's participating in the rich communication services ecosystem, which kind of along the same lines of, hey, let's agree to a set of rules um, about best practices here. So that helps. Um, and I think another another thing that's kind of happening is just business intelligence is getting a whole lot better. Is that so iConnective as an example is, is an authoritative data source for information. So that plugs into different databases that help kind of predict where fraud might be happening. So it's catching those sketchy texts and the sketchy phone calls before the consumer dies. Mm. And moving over to chatbots, because it's another piece of the puzzle as well. And chatbots are really important to online businesses because you actually use chatbots to get them to a specific point. So it's more efficient about it. So how can those actually be misused? I love me some chatbots because they're great time savers. So you could attach chatbots to text conversations and web conversations, and they're getting increasingly more sophisticated. So you actually can engage in conversational commerce. So like I could kind of have a talk with an app and then get it get served what I want as a consumer. And you're also sharing financial data in that, perhaps personal information. So I think that as chatbots get more sophisticated, it's a great time saver and wonderful for consumers, but it also opens the door to trust issues. So at the end of the day, the problem that iConnective is trying to solve is that so you as a consumer would have confidence that at the end of that conversation is a real business. So you're talking with, for example, Chase about a challenge that you're having with your credit card and not some rando that is leveraging a good reputation of a good company to gather data from you that um, you wouldn't want them to know. Mm -hmm. So it's basically more like having that verified tag on your chatbots for the most part to try to like steer people into this is who we are. This is a trusted one instead of just a random phone number. So is there a way to actually get a standard for that? So people would know because I'm a techie, but not everybody's a techie. Everybody just goes, I just want to turn on my iPhone and I want it to work. And I completely get that. But how can we as marketers and PR people help with consumers and also businesses try to get that trusted standard, I guess, is the best way of saying it. Yeah, so, so I think in terms of the way that it presents to the consumer is, so you're familiar with Twitter, right? And, you know, when somebody has the, the verified account, they have that check mark. And I think that also happens on Instagram, too. So you're scrolling through and you're like, OK, this person is, is legitimate. It's usually a person, but in some cases, it's a business as well. So the idea is that that kind of idea of that check mark, that verified entity is carried on to chatbots. So what you'll actually be able to do is, as a consumer, look through a directory of chatbots and go, oh, OK, wow, this is legit. It has a nice check mark. So that's what, where it is from a consumer side. I think as PR professionals and marketing professionals, what I would suggest doing is urge the businesses with which you partner and kind of say, hey, as part of your overall identity, we're helping you maintain your brand. You getting kind of that verified stamp across the channels in which you communicate is an extension of that. Mm -hmm. And is there actually ways to compromise chatbots, like then say hack them or actually inject something into that where people actually may not know and is there ways for extra security within those chatbots because like a tech everything has its exploits and its bugs so how do you go about fixing those bugs and also letting the consumer know that we're still working and we're still making sure that this is a safe thing to use yeah so i think that the kind of two common exploits are one of the ones we talked about is that someone masquerading as a business and they are not the business. But I think another very common way, and people have experienced it a lot kind of in recent times over text, is that 
there will be that sketchy link that will send you to somewhere sketchy. So I think that as a consumer, what you just want to do is evaluate what comes across with, you know, kind of an appropriate level of vigilance. Like I think that we we as consumers are kind of, um, I, th- I think folks are used to getting sketchy links through email. And I think that we've kind of developed the discipline of looking, okay, where did it come from? Does this link look weird? Uh, what does the font look like? Does this almost look like a font the business would use? But I think that we're less, less, capable or less skilled with doing that with text now. But I think that we consumers are, are kind of getting better with that discipline, sort of spotting sketchiness. Yeah, especially with when and where. URL shorteners too. I think it could be even worse through text because you're like, I don't even know where this goes. Exactly. So there must be some way of like allowing people to at least identify, are you sure you want to go here? This is actually where it leads to. Is there some tech like that? And should businesses be a part of that? And should PR people like do better jobs at educating the customer on specifically what the company will do if you're having issues with the product or you just want to have ask a common question. So I think so some of it is consumer education as we talked about, but other pieces of it are just it's in everybody's best interest, the telecom industry and businesses to keep the customer engagement ecosystem as clean as possible. So, for example, even going back to the shake and stir framework is that what it's intended to do is make sure that every participant in that ecosystem has a very clear idea of the expectations and that all the stuff that traverses is is token based and authenticated. While that's being applied to voice now, I think that that idea will continue to spread across the the variety of communication channels. Mm hmm. And what are some good ways or what are some ways that PR pros can actually educate the customer? Because I'm pretty sure the PR pros are like, how can I figure out how to do this? Should it be over, let's say a podcast, doing a podcast? Should it be over more text? Should it be over email campaigns? Should it be video or should it be all mixtures of everything combined? Yeah, I think like a, a, a big piece of it relates to, so there's a movement in marketing and PR in general about transparency. I think the company being very clear about its intentions, particularly for things like data use, like I'm collecting this information from you because, and I will use it for, and there's interesting legislation coming up on that. And I think it will begin to have more of an impact, but I'd say relative to that from kind of taking that and applying it to what PR professionals and, and marketing professionals can do is really be very cognizant of permission-based marketing in all forms. Make sure that if you're calling a person, they want to be called. It's because because joyfulness of communications is largely in the eye of the beholder. So you want to communicate with the consumer in the way that they choose for you to communicate with them. So I'd say permission-based in every way, in every form, part of what's being communicated to the customer. Mm. And what is the future look like for voice text and chatbots? How's your company and you trying to help shape the future in a more positive way? Well, I heard this great stat, and I think it's it's all the stuff that we see now is just going to get bigger and better and more. So, for example, IDC estimates that by 2025, every connected person in the world on average will have digital data engagement close to 5,000 times per day. So 4,900 times per day. Um, So that's one digital interaction every 18 seconds. Um, And that's extraordinary to think about where, um, you know, even think about your online shopping experience and and the different things, picking up data about you and serving it back to you. So I think the work that iConnective is doing, and I think the work of a, a bunch of other communication ecosystem participants are doing, are just to try 
to build as much possible trust in there as possible. So no matter how you as a consumer communicate, it is done with care and that your identity is protected as well as the, as the business's reputation. Is there any new tech on the horizon to help with building the trust or at least maintaining the trust? Because not everything is completely lost in trust, but building it as well. Is there anything like that? And does 5G play a role or even AI play a role in building the trust or maintaining the trust as well? Absolutely. So iConnective's participation in this is through our product to reach Intel. So we really help to build in business entity identification across whatever channels that you use. Additionally, 5G building in this trust will become increasingly more important because 5G, because of the capacity that it has, things like IoT will become a lot more part of your everyday. Artificial intelligence has been built into that. So everything's talking to everything else. So there's a lot of power in the device in your hands. So yeah, trust. And the more stuff is talking to other stuff, the more trust matters. Mm-hmm. And fun question for you. If you could create a tool to restore trust or build trust or maintain trust, but trust in general, in either voice, text, or chat, what would it be? How would you go about doing it? Well, it's, I don't know what's trust exactly. I miss buttons. <laughs> like, I miss, I'm old, so I'll, I'll showcase it. Like, the, remember like those clamshell phones where you could end a conversation and say like, I'm done with this, snap. So yeah, I miss the tactile kind of um, power of shutting stuff on and off. But yes, that would be my big contribution button. So you're an analog girl and living in a digital world is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Well said. And you should actually just check out the new foldable phones, like the Motorola Razor phones, the new ones that are actually the fold ones. They don't have any actual buttons, but they're still foldable. I will give it a try. I will consider it. All right. Any final thoughts for our listeners? When it comes to trusted communications, iConnective is here to help. And we'd love to hear from you if you ever have any questions about this ever-changing ecosystem. And if you want to keep in touch with me, you can get in touch with me on Twitter at Tara underscore Connect. All right. You heard that. If you really want to follow her tweets and see what's going on with her world, even analog or digital, because she likes both because she is on Twitter. So it is digital. And she actually understands that the hashtag was the pound button as well. So there you go. <laughs> Anyways, there's a button. For that. Yes, there is a button for that. I do remember all those buttons that were not that were just normally just what they were supposed to be meant for. Now we've changed things a little bit around. Anyways, thank you for joining PR360 and sharing your knowledge with our listeners. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Yes. And thank you for listening as well. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and leave a review. It always helps and lets us know if we're doing a great job or if there's things that we need to tweak. We're always listening to you guys as well. But join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the PR industry. All right, guys, stay safe. Get out there. Learn some analog stuff in the digital world as well. Later.